Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Richard Mecklemore. And he has an incredible background in tech, and he also in the past had joined the special forces and did two tours across Vietnam and Laos. And I'm really excited to have him on the show today to share more about what he's doing in real estate and how he is disrupting the senior care assisted living industry. He's doing something that not a lot of people are doing in the space. He's incorporating AI and smart technology into the homes that he's providing to those residents. And so Richard, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to learn more about you and what you're doing in the space. Thank you so much, Eileen. Pleasure being here. So Richard, can you give us a little bit of an insight and more into your background and how you got started with real estate? Yeah, my quick background is I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. My mom and dad were in politics. And so I had a Better childhood than most from a financial viewpoint. We were poor, but we were a little less poor than others. And so I grew up that way. I was an outstanding athlete. I had an opportunity to extend my sports into a college football and wrestling career. And so I played at OU. And my senior year, not being able to start because I was playing behind two All-Americans at a round of beers, a best friend of mine, and I decided our best action at that very point in time was to go join the service and join special forces. We thought we were such badasses that we were going to go win the war by ourselves over beers. And so we did. We joined. I had uh, two tours in Laos and then in Vietnam in the evacuation of Vietnam when we left. And I came back and had no appreciable skills. So I started looking for work and I was able to get my first job in the world's largest tree nursery in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And uh, I always say Tahlequah because that was a joke on Letterman. He'd always talk about from Tahlequah, Oklahoma comes from. So that's beside the point. But uh, I've had a great tech career, 46 years. I've had three IPOs. My most recent IPO was $5.5 billion with a company called Vario, where I was a senior vice president of sales. I've just been lucky. I've been in the right places and driving the right initiatives and taking the right risk when no one else would do that. And I believe that is the real answer as to why I'm sitting here talking to you guys about what I really want to do. And what I want to do now is I've had four decades of technology. I know technology really well, but I've also been a passive investor. I bought my first house subject to when I was in the service and I still own that house. It's in Selma, Alabama. So I had both of those backgrounds. And so in 2016, I decided to leave Oracle and I took $500 out of my IRA and that was how I was going to start my businesses. And so that's what I did. And I started fixing, flipping houses. I started buying apartments in Oklahoma and in Georgia. And so, and I would buy all these through alternative financing. And so I would leverage money in order to gain wealth. Well, as I'm doing that four years ago, 
Now I'm working for myself. I get in with an organization called Mom's House, which is out of St. Louis, Missouri. And a friend of mine, Philip Vincent, and he had come up with an idea to help elderly people who wanted to now transition into a caring or an assistance place. And they want to sell their house and all their furniture. Well, they would typically hire a realtor and a realtor would try to sell it or not try to sell. They'd first try to get them to stage it and get it all cleaned up. That's not what these older people are into. They want somebody to come do that for them. And they're willing to see the value in that. And so that's what I did. And I did that for four years. Well, while I'm doing this, being an ex-technologist, I'm wondering, where is my money going? You know, they tell me that it's going into care, but what kind of care? So I went back and started surveying everyone who I'd sold. And I'd sold $4 million worth of property that year that I started the survey. And I asked them, how'd you spend the money? Well, what I found was about seven out of 10 told me that they used it to put their mom typically into assisted living. The other 30% were honest and said, we just gave it to our kids. And they said they'd take care of us. Okay. Lots of fallacies with that statement. The kids may want to intend and have best intentions on taking care of them, but they are least apt to be the ones who give any kind of quality care to an elderly at home. And that's backed up by research. And that's where I got into this. So I started learning that, you know, why would you go to a house if you can afford to have an assistance center? Well, the first answer came up was cost. Yeah, but now these people are saying, telling me it's a cost issue. But, you know, they've got several hundred thousand dollars in their hand. They're telling me it's a cost issue. So I'm putting people in these homes. And of course, as I'm visiting homes and I've visited over three dozen, I would go and do the tours and I'd look around and I'd see nice facilities, brick and mortar, tile floors, grab bars on the wall, metal doors at the entrances. I hated that. I hate that environment because me as a American veteran and a U.S. American citizen, I don't want to pass that way. I don't want to pass in an impersonal area where my family and friends don't feel like they're, I, I want to feel like I'm passing at home. That's me. And so uh, I have such a passion about this. My father-in-law passed four years ago from COVID and we weren't allowed to go into his room. And so that invoked hatred around the medical facility around my immediate family, they all wanted me to sue, you know, for this infliction of pain that we emotionally got. But I saw that wasn't the right way to do that. The right way to do this and make change is to take money and establish power. So that's, you're talking to a radical here. So that's the way I'm looking at this entire business. I see that I can add. So I've come up with a model that I buy an existing house, a big house, biggest houses I can find, typically 6,000 plus square feet. They already have five or six bedrooms. I'll now add another six to 12, uh, six to eight bedrooms in there and bathrooms. I want a full bathroom, a walk-in shower for every four people. I want each room to be at least 300 square feet. Now, codes say they have to be 120. I want Three times that size. I want 300 square feet per room. And what I'm going to do with these houses is I'm going to bring in my electrician little friends, and we're going to first create cabling in here to support high-speed communications of all flavors, whether that be voice, be video, be spoken text, be email. Whatever your method of media is, I want it to be transportable in my house at the fastest speed available. So that'll be a first one. 
So we're going to design these houses on smart technology. I'm going to make it. Lights will come on by voice. You can adjust the temperature in your room by voice. Everything will be done by voice in the, not only your room, but inside the house. And the technology I'm using will be able to decipher whether that person has the actual authority to make that command or not. So I'm also bringing in new AI technology. What I decided to do was I was going to do the old typical, make it a traditional assistant living, hire the staff. But, you know, that's becoming more and more of a thing. And I wanted to be different. So I thought, well, okay. And I talked to Dan and he said, Richard, and Dan is a great syndicate person. And I'm sure she can tell you more about him as she chooses here, but a great friend. And Dan said, Richard, you've been in technology all these years and you're not doing anything in technology. Why don't you think about a technology twist? So it took me about eight hours. I came up with this entire driven by AI technology. My first call was to a friend out in Israel who was developing this AI technology for healthcare. And I said, I'd like to be your first customer in the U.S., And so let me talk a second about what I'm going to be bringing. He's got technology that you'll never wear. You'll never have a need for a wearable. Right now, they can do monitoring if you have a wearable around your neck or around your wrist or around your ankle. I don't want any obtrusive things like that. I don't want any cameras inside the house. The cameras will be all outside for the exterior, nothing inside. Well, you say, well, Richard, how are you going to keep up with people? because they've developed this ambient scanning technology. And essentially it's devices on the wall that'll triangulate all directions within that space. And it works outside up to 90 feet in height. So I can cover all this area inside. I can take a picture and have it scanned and that scanned picture will be assigned a record and that record will now be part of that person. And we can monitor Not only their movements, but their vitals. I'm going to be able to tell their blood pressure, their breathing. We're going to tell about activity. Are they moving around or they're not moving around? How is their sleeping habits at night? We'll be adding in their beds, wetness and soiling detection so that when they urinate on themselves, we can actually have them change before they even know they have it. So this is the convenience because I want to treat this thing like I would treat if I was putting my own mom in there. And by the way, my mom passed on my 16th birthday. So I have a real commitment to this. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm Mm -hmm. seeking uh, investors who would maybe have a good heart. And I've developed kind of a a statement out of this. that My slogan is going to be do good and do well, because as we help others, we'll help ourselves. So that's the way the world should work. So. I'm so glad that Dan had connected us because this is very different and unique than what we typically hear because especially with technology today, you hear it mostly being implemented on new builds, current builds for the younger generation who are coming up to speed. You never really hear about technology being implemented in the older housing, senior housing types of communities because the thought is, well, the seniors are not going to be using it and you have people coming in and taking care of it. But we have all this technology today that could really help to enhance their end of life living and to help support based off of what you're saying. A lot of the things that, you know, human errors and things that we won't be necessarily be able to see as humans and just enhance that extra additional care for them. Yeah. For instance, in memory care, you know, the big thing you want to always keep in memory care is not let confusion arise. 
You want to have it very plain and very noted and very identifiable the same way every day so that as that resident, because they get confused. And when they get confused, you know, they may not even know where they're at. And often, you know, you hear the cases and I had it with my own dad. He didn't know who I was. And that's heartbreaking. So you do what you want to do to take care of your parents. And that's what I'm about. I've got a good heart. I've got some skill. My past experience, to brag a little, is in the computer business. I took a three retail chain and grew them to 156 stores in one year, both Mm -hmm. in the U.S. and internationally. That was CompuAd. I went from CompuAd and uh, went over to different companies and got them started up and fired them up. And I've had that career. But I'm tired of that career because that career is all about only making money. It's not about helping anybody. You know, I would sell million-dollar software, and I wouldn't even understand what the crap it did. Quite honestly, I would not even understand what the end function was going to be that they would spend that kind of money to have in their business, but it was an important feature to them. So that was a lesson I also learned, you know, different strokes for different folks. So you always want to appeal to that person's interest level and see if there can't be synergy developed from that. So we love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. And we hear a lot about it today where the boomers are coming up to age and there's going to be a lot of people who are now unable to support themselves living on their own in their own individual houses just because they're coming of age there. But there's not a lot of plans or a lot of housing to support the large population that's going to need that additional assisted care. That's right. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, because I looked into buying a Brookville facility and I didn't want to spend the kind of money they asked me to spend just to even get information about it. So I started looking for alternatives and I started, I found this company, Rawl Residential Assistant Living, and ends to come up to find out that the guy who runs it, I had met 26 years earlier when he was a musician. And now here he is, a successful real estate entrepreneur and coming out and running this uh, residential assistant living because he had a personal experience where his mom and dad got into their 90s and developed Alzheimer's and just they lost their mobility. And so 15 years ago, assisted living's only been in place for 30 years. This is not something that's been in here forever and a day. And I will also say it's the most regulated, unregulated business in the world. There are regulations, but then there's ways that you do things is what I've learned. And so, and that's where the interpretations get lost because You know, and here's one thing that I'll ask you, and I don't know if any of your listeners have a mom or somebody they're taking care of now, or you visit into an assisted living. If you walk into an assisted living center, look on each patient's arms 
and see if you see bruises. Now, why would I ask you to do that? Because that's a sign they're being manhandled. Mm. There are easier and more technology-driven ways they can get that person lifted out of bed and put into another bed or another chair or in a couch, wherever you want to place them. One person can do this, but it takes an investment and knowledge of how to do that. And that's what I'm going to bring to the table. I'm going to disrupt them because all this stuff has happened that these 110-pound girls are trying to lift these 240-pound Vietnam veterans, and that ain't working. And the veterans get frustrated because I talk to them all the time, and they tell me their frustrations, and they'll say, you know, Richard, I'm just looking for comfort and to be made safe and for somebody to give me my meds when I need them. And that's really where they're getting their lives encompassed. And so I want to give them the best experience they could possibly have from that point, because the average age when you move into assisted living, the average time is 28 months that they're alive. Now, that's kind of, yeah, that's sobering. You know, I'll say that because you talked about aging. We're in what is called the silver tsunami, and it's a time of America's aging. And if you were born between 1946 and 1964, you're a boomer. And if you're a boomer, 12,000 of us a day are turning 65. 4,000 of us a day are turning 85. That's the fastest growing segment of our population is the over 85. So that tells me more and more care is going to be needed. So I'm looking from this, I'm looking at from a technology view, so kind of as a leadership view. But I also look at it that, you know, if my mom was coming out of this, how would I want to care for her? Would I want to just put her in a facility where, you know, the coverage on that is 15 residents to one caretaker? I'm going to have four to one resident, four residents to one caretaker, excuse me. So we're going to give them service. And these are going to be all qualified certified in their grade. We're going to do all dementia care. We'll do all assisted living modules. So, and I'll pay for their education as they want to advance it. And so that's how we do it. So with the use of technology in these care facilities or care homes, how would the monitoring happen? Would it be monitoring the technology within in each individual home or would it be at a higher level and then kind of deployed as you're building it out and creating more and more homes that are available? That's really an important part of how I'm setting all this up. And I'm talking with companies who have agreed to support me in that as I want to do. I've set up the entire company as a multi-member LLC. And I did that because I didn't want to syndicate because of some reasons I have, but I wanted to offer the ability for everybody to care for somebody on any amount of money you want to invest. We can help, you know, we can help each other. I can get houses outfitted. I can get staff hired and trained. I can get technology deployed and I can do all that within 90 days of any time I buy a house. And so that's what I'm looking for people to work with me to have some cash available so that, because here's what's happening. I just started this thing. I'm opening my first one in Temple, Texas. Second one's going to be open in Round Rock. And I'm already working those two deals. Well, just since I'm starting to get this out and publish it, I'm getting people all the way down to Corpus Christi to ask me to come down. Now that's a four hour drive to come down and find a house that they could put their mama in. So I'm getting the sense I've always been a guy who's been opportunistic and I'm getting that sense. This is an opportunistic opportunity. 
that if you want to grow with something and have a safe investment, it's all secured by real estate, you know, and, and it'll be a good deal for anybody who wants to participate. Right. And I can only imagine what the demand would be, especially if you're saying that there's 15 residents to one caretaker and in your homes, it's going to be four to one. The level and quality of care just exponentially increases as well. Oh, the attention level goes out of the roof. Yeah, I will absolutely be the most. They're going to say, we love that place because they're at the drop of anything I want. And that's because we're going to do it voice control. Every caregiver will be equipped with the technology to know when their people are even walking around their room. You know, so we're going to be able to do tuck-ins and offer chocolates at night and just to be able to really make them feel like they're in the house. That's the feeling I want. I want everybody to feel we're going to have, here's one thing I'm doing on memory care, for instance. I'm buying a $5,000 robotic animal out of Japan that's noted for dementia care. And so that's what we're going to do when we have animal day. And we're going to allow our residents to bring their own animals in. If they don't have an animal, those in memory care, I'll supply them a robotic cat or dog that's designed to be around dementia patients. And so these are the things we're doing. You know, we're going to be doing the right things by people because we love people. We want to make some money. But, you, you know, when you pay us each month, that's how we make our money. And so that's all we're asking is that relationship. Let us provide the care. And if you don't like the care, you can certainly move anytime. But we think you'll like the care and we think you want to stay for a long time. So, Richard, this sounds very, very nice, especially if you're coming up to age and you're looking for a place or maybe you have a loved one who if you're looking to help put them in a place where they're going to supply exponentially great care to their loved ones. But one of the things that people would also be thinking is with the additional care and the additional technology that comes with it, does that also increase the cost of going into a home like this? The best news is my pricing is going to be 5% less than top line pricing in any county I go into. So right now in Austin, Texas, Travis County, for memory care, prices can exceed $12,000 a month. Oh. All right. I'm going to be priced at $7,000 because if when you now look at the percentiles, and again, I'm my technology hat comes on, when I start looking at the percentages of that, you know, there was one place at 12, there was a couple of places between nine and 10, and then there was a whole bunch of places between six and eight. And so that seemed to be the mass. So I chose between six and eight, seven, and that's where I'm going to be. And that's how I'm designing my track. And so, and as I compare pricing, it's cheap. I mean, for what I'm going to be giving, and see, I'm trying not to even get in the idea of what I'm going to give you. I'm just trying to give you brick to mortar facts to facts on houses and staffing. I mean, in the other places I'm talking about, they staff somewhere around 10 to 1. You know, if you go into another residential, it's going to be like 10 to 1 covers. They're only going to have a couple people on at any time. So at my peak, we have four people for that shift. So it and I hire a full-time chef. The chef will have three prepared meals. We'll have a full-time bar available with drinks. And when I say drinks, there will be alcohol also available. To those who show a doctor's note and they can drink it, they'll get a key to that pad and, and we'll help you out. We're going to make people feel like they're in a house. That's my ultimate plan and that they have every convenience they could think about just saying it. 
Now, I don't know how to make life any better than that. You know, and on fall detection, I tell people I don't make them fall, but I know how to pick them up better than anybody. So that's what we're going to offer. And I love the fact that it feels like home, like what you're trying to create. So people and family members, as they go to visit, they feel like they're visiting a home and they feel like they're, you know, your loved one is being taken care of and you're just visiting their house. Always welcome. And, you know, they can come for meals and never have a charge for any meal. So we wanted to bring the grandkids. I'm big on bringing the grandkids (laughs) because I found out, especially with dementia patients, music and children are the two biggest motivators in their life. Pets come a third. But if you can get them engaged with music or with the emotion of a child, you got them, man. You got their attention for whatever span you're trying to get. So and that's all you're after, you know, is to get those glimpses of attention. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they're probably going to pass. I can't save anybody, but I am going to do what we can do to extend their life in the best way possible. Richard, I think that this is amazing what you're trying to do here and what you will be able to accomplish up in the upcoming future. And so I'm super excited for this endeavor that you're taking on. And I'm going to have to tell Dan, thank you for connecting us as well. Well, Dan's a good guy. He's got a good eye for this kind of stuff. (laughs) If anyone's interested, you can go to investor-lifeandabundance.com. That's a secret investor website I've created for these kind of talks. I have another website that's lifeandabundance.net if you want to go and look at that. But it'll have everything that we need to talk about on the investor side. Again, it's investor-lifeandabundance.com. And I appreciate your time today so much. Thank you. I love to get this kind of tell. I love to talk and I love people. So that's what I miss about technology is that interaction. I don't miss the meetings, but I miss the interaction. So. And what it's been able to help us at least enhance our lives and help us yes. accomplish more and bigger, better things. Just just try to help somebody. You know, that, that's really the key here. So, Richard, it was such a pleasure and an honor having you on the show today. Thank you so much for all of your time. The honor is all mine. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, Check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sale and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.